Thanks for joining the fifth season of the Positive Talk Podcast. Your hosts, Julie Homrich, a psychotherapist, and Chuck Allen, a pastor, merge faith and psychology each week to help you live a more peace-filled and purposeful life. So settle in and enjoy this week's episode of the Positive Talk Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Positive Talk Podcast. I'm Chuck Allen, a pastor, and my co-host typically is Julie Homridge. She's out this week, so I'm joined by our good friend and clinical director of ClearPath Counseling, Mandy Allison. Mandy, welcome. Hi, Chuck. This is a second week in a row. Yes. I mean, holy cow. I'm so glad to be back here with you. I'm thrilled to have you. I'm always glad to have you in studio because one of the things you may not know about Mandy is she is a very accomplished and bright psychotherapist. And as she joins me in the studio here for a few weeks, we want to go back to a topic we were talking about last week, but we want to add a little different dimension to it. We want to talk about expectations, especially when we place on ourselves the shoulds. Like, I should have, I should have, I should, whatever it is. Yes. I, I should have been here by now. I should have accomplished that. I, mm-hmm. I should have said that. I should have changed that. Yep. And we, before long, we really can should all over ourselves. That's right. In the counseling world, we call that shooting on ourselves. Yeah. And that's and, exactly what you're doing. And I, you know, I think it has the same effect of however you heard that. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. Be- because, you know, uh, we, we both talked off air about this uh, book called Expectation Hangover written by Christine Hassler. And it's worth bringing back the same quote we did right. last year. Some of our greatest suffering happens when our realities don't match up with our expectations. And you said, and I thought this was so good last week. If you, if you missed last week's episode, make sure you go back and hear Mandy unpack a little bit of how our brain treats disappointment or or expectation hangover uh, the same way that it treats a physical ailment. Yep. Like this emotional ailment yes. that comes on by an unmet expectation. Yes. The brain is treating it like I had a, a bad arm, yep, they like a broken both arm. They go through the parasympathetic nervous system. Wow. And it, the brain reacts and responds very similarly. Which means take it seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Take it seriously. And so just kind of a recap of last week real quick. One of the things that came out of this was communicate and over-communicate. Yes. And you, you, you told a couple stories about how that plays out. And yes. I think that's super cool. I One of my favorite, though, is grow in self-awareness. Yeah. That solves so many of life's life's problems, it really does, right? If we it? could just grow in self-awareness, we would solve a lot of our our problems and spare ourselves a lot of disappointment. Oh my gosh. Like I used to hear people like Oprah, like back when I was younger, yeah. talk about being your true self. Yes. And I thought that was such crap. Yeah. I mean, really, <laughs> yeah. I would be like, what yeah. in the world are you what talking kind about? Of hogwash is yeah. That? <laughs> and so now though, yeah. I it's like, okay, yeah. my true self is when I am completely self-aware. Yes. Right. Yeah, knowing yourself and being authentic yeah. is a huge value of mine, especially with yourself. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Most importantly with ourselves, yeah, because you can't be authentic with anyone else unless you're first authentic. Totally impossible, yourself. right? Right. So I, I think that's a deeply spiritual thing. Yes, I do. Yeah, like when my walk with God is like on point, uh-huh. my walk with people is. Yes. My look in the mirror is. Yes. And my expectations are always in check. And yet, when I get off that beam, you know, pilots talk about being on a beam, yep. right? So I, I learned this some years ago. If you left, like, say you and your husband, you're on a flight from L.A. coming to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and you took off two degrees to the south. Oh, 
Yeah. You land in Havana, Absolutely. not Atlanta. Completely different. Just yeah. a mild difference. Mm -hmm. But what it requires, I learned this about NASA, by the way, that like 90-something percent, like 92% of the time, NASA pilots on the way to the moon, even though they had all that trajectory figured out, 92% of the time they were course correcting. Being able to put our expectations in check and not should all over ourselves requires this constant course correction. Absolutely. Yeah. So walk us uh, into how do we learn to, to not take all that should and put it on top of our emotions so that they run away? And we do this to ourselves probably more than we do it to other people. You know, last Absolutely. week we talked about relationships and how our expectations and relationships impact us. But we put expectations on ourselves, I think, much, much more than other Absolutely. people. And we don't even realize it. Nope. A lot of times they're subconscious. But if you've ever had that thought of, I just thought I'd be further along in life by now. Oh, my gosh. I, I told a story last week. I've been there. Yeah. I, I thought my life would look different at this stage of yeah. the game. Yeah. Or I thought I'd be married with kids by age 30. Or right. I never imagined I'd be divorced at 50. Right. Yeah. You know, all, whatever. All those things. Or I thought that I would have a better job. Yeah. All of those things are just expectations we put on ourselves. Yep. And they sometimes come from ourselves and sometimes they come from other people. But yeah. we're placing that weight on ourselves. And then when the outcome doesn't match our reality, we tend to get derailed in our emotions. Do those, does the should come along in that? Um, like you mentioned a word last week that I think is, is really applicable to this week, mm -hmm. which is comparison. Yes. So yes. my neighbor, they, they could have a pool. You would think by now I could have a pool. Yeah, we're the same age, same stage of life. Why are they making I twice should as have much that. as me? Yeah, exactly. The shoulds. I should be this. I should do this. Yeah. I shouldn't yeah. do this. Um, and where does that come from? Right. It's usually other people's uh, expectations that they've placed on us over our lifetime that we've now adopted. Yeah. And we're placing on ourselves yeah. based I, on comparison. Is it is it possible then again going back to last week a little bit and if you again if you missed last week make sure you go back and pick this up but you you talked a little bit about the happiness factor connected to this and what happens to our happiness when when this occurs so uh here this is an awful thing to admit but let me just in the spirit of transparency just throw it out there okay. so i become the pastor of this church like 13 years ago and in my mind i'm going to be like i'm going to be a great pastor. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to kill it. Right. I'm yeah. like, I'm just, Arr. you yeah. know, me kill bear, feed great family. Arr, right. Yep. And so, uh, in my mind, that means I'm going to have a ton of people that come to this church. Yeah. You know, my experience was that wasn't true for the first six or seven years of my pastorate. And I'll never forget. I'm sitting with a more seasoned leader and I'm, I'm whining and complaining about this. And I'll never get him looking at me saying, you know, the problem, Chuck, isn't the pastorate or the people. The problem is the pastor. Mm. And it's like, okay, that's not fair, Ouch. right? <laughs> yes. But but he, he literally just kind of reframed yeah. how I could see my expectation. And all of a sudden, it, it wasn't I needed this gratification based on how many butts were in seats, mm -hmm. but I found myself happy that we were actually just, let's help people. Yes. And you know what happened? When my expectation changed towards something that was probably far more what I believe Jesus intended his church to be, mm -hmm. all of a sudden I became happy. Yes. And then- And people the, started the, coming probably. Yeah, the weird result yes. was then all the other stuff I thought I wanted yes. happened. Yes. And you attached your happiness to an outcome. Your Not just your happiness. You probably attached a lot of your self-worth. I 100%. am not- 
as good of a pastor as I thought I exactly. am. Maybe I'm not as good of a teacher as I thought I am because butts aren't in the seats. Oh, People aren't. I would in leave, and Mandy, honest to goodness, I would get in the car, and um, Jenny, my wife, is she's like pretty direct human, mm-hmm. you know, and she wouldn't say anything, and I would be fishing for compliments. You ever do that? Like, yeah. oh, it's like, yeah. it's like, like a you know, praise. it was like a pretty good day, right? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'd go on, you know, and then finally I'd say, so, so what do you think about today's sermon? Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget the first time I really went fishing for it. This was her exact term. You've been better. <laughs> I was like, whoa, uh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me stop and slip my wrist real quick. You yeah, know, exactly. But I, but this is what happened to, when expectations take over, yes. your emotions run crazy. Yes, they run parallel to the expectation. Because I should be a great preacher. Yes, I should be able to have more people coming by yeah. now. And I, you know, all these years later, I, I, you know what I discovered? I don't have to be a great preacher, and it's a good thing because I'm not, you know? But but there are some things I am really good at. That's just not one of them. And I being able to have somebody love me enough, like this older guy to say, the problem is you, buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it takes somebody blunt to say, you know what? You, you got to change your expectations. Yeah. Here. Or you've got to stop placing your joy and your level of self-satisfaction yeah. Yeah. on your the outcome, on yeah. your expectation. And you know what, what you were experiencing was expectation hangover. Yep. And that's exactly what we talked about last week. This whole concept of the expectation hangover, as it's described in Christine Hassler's book, um, is is basically, you know, our joy and our sense of self-worth being attached to an outcome that didn't happen. And you start to feel all of these feelings, regret, doubt, discouragement, depression. Um, Sometimes our faith gets derailed with it. Hugely. You know, these symptoms are shame, anger, um, denial, delusions, uh, blame shifting. I see that a lot. Blame it on somebody else overthinking, um, lack of motivation, diminished creativity. These are all symptoms of you this know, the, expectation. This concept of diminished creativity, mm-hmm. I think this is a bigger deal than most people would think. Yeah. Because I, I really do believe our creator wired us to be creators of something. Yeah, we're made in his image. I mean, it's a thought. It's, yeah. it's, um, it's, maybe it's, it's painting. Maybe it's writing. Maybe it's speaking. Maybe it's singing. Yeah. Whatever it is, I believe within each of us is a creation that our creator longs to pull out of us. Absolutely. And, and in some cases, it's like me and you sitting here today. Yeah. And a, a podcast is created. Absolutely. And thoughts that are unique, original, mm-hmm. uh, borrowed, yeah. et cetera, all come out into a new creation. Yes. But when that goes away, in my life at least, I have regret. Yep. I have doubt. Mm-hmm. I have shame. At times I have anger. I'm just going down your list and they're all true. And it's a cycle because when you start to feel those things, the shame, the anger, the doubt, your creativity diminishes because you no longer feel the sense of motivation. It piles on. Yes, absolutely. It weighs on you and then it feels like a heavy weight. And now all of a sudden we're not being the us that God created us to be. Like my my doctor always says to me, you know, Chuck, when you're eating, you know, if you want to go have a waffle, have a waffle, but don't put three on your plate. Just have a waffle. In moderation. Yeah, right? don't yeah. don't pile. Yeah. Right. So I this is what happens though emotionally, I think, to us, Absolutely. is the brain piles on. Yes. 
Yes. And then before long, it's so weighty, mm -hmm. I can't move. It's a snowball effect. Yeah. It's a snowball or a spiral. I like to call it a spiral. Yeah, I think that's true. But it, it really is. You're out of control. You just start to spiral out of control. It's like a plane falling out of the yeah. sky in this nosedive. And, and that is also a snowball and that you're picking up all these other negative emotions on the way yeah. with it. And yeah. now all of a sudden, you're under this huge, heavy weight of despair and discouragement, which leads to depression. Yep. And it's really hard to get out from underneath that. So what, what is the, what's the, kind of the root behind all that? Yeah. So, you know, I think it's important to acknowledge that most of the expectations we put on ourselves don't originate within ourselves or mm. even God. Wow. They come from outside sources. I think that's so true. Yeah. Like the reason I thought I should be like in my mind, what a great pastor was, yeah. was by attaching it to somebody else. Yeah. Somebody else's church or what they look yeah. like or their level of Absolutely. success. Yeah. Sometimes it comes from parents, um, society, our peers. Yep. Our upbringing, yep. um, the church. A lot of our self-expectations come from the church of what Absolutely. kind of wife we're supposed to be That's or right. what kind of human we're supposed to be, yeah. what kind of Christian we're supposed oh to be. Oh, my gosh. So I, I see this happen all the time. So I had a family in my office, I don't know, Mandy, maybe a year ago. And um, I have a mom, two daughters, and the husband of one of the daughters. Okay. Because it's kind of a funky setting. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot going okay. on there, yeah. right? And at the end of the day, they had all been a part of a church that had placed these significant standards on what a woman's role mm -hmm. was, A, in the church, and B, in the home. Not really in order, but just both, right? It was uh -huh. like yeah. 1A and 1A. Yep. You know, well, the, when I heard them, mm -hmm. I thought to myself, how, how did you actually believe that? <laughs> yeah, where like did seriously, that come from? and and I looked at the women in the room, and I thought, how did you really believe that? And it, you know, this picture of okay, you know, woman, go go to the kitchen, mm -hmm. have babies, mm -hmm. cook, mm -hmm. make your man happy. Yeah. So literally, this church made this statement. I I wanted to find this guy and shoot him myself, <laughs> right? But so this you. pastor literally said, so uh, two two women. Mm -hmm. at, at a, quote, women's conference, but a man speaking. Of course. And just think about that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So he literally says, so if you want that new bedroom suit, then you need to have more sex with your husband. Wow. And when I heard that, I thought, okay, hey, that guy should be disqualified from the ministry yeah. to begin with. Yeah. And there's nothing biblical here. No, it's glorified prostitution. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, I, but I hear that and I think, Odds are good that pastor really believed that nonsense. Oh, sure. Because oh, yeah. in his mind, his expectation, yeah. he wanted to put on somebody else. But he did it with such shame, yes. such guilt, yes. and such dogmatic perspective. Yes. And that's the key. Because, you know, I, I come from a similar church background where yeah. I was taught very um, rigid male-female roles. Yeah. And, and, you know... Biblically, I am all about respecting my husband. Sure. I do believe in a healthy sex life and a marriage. I think it's sure. key and important. And so there's all of that. But but what isn't attached to that is this fact that women can't be productive in life. Women can't have jobs outside 100%. the home or, or, you know, contribute to society. And so, yeah, we, we end up hearing these things. And lead society. Yeah, exactly. Or lead in the church. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and, and so we, we hear these teachings and they come from someone we respect or someone in a place of authority yep. or speaking from God. And we tend to believe them. And then we put all these shoulds wow. on ourselves. I should stay home and I'd be barefoot and pregnant and have six kids. Yep. You know, what? I didn't want six kids. Yeah, no, I, I, I have six kids, but we inherited those. I mean, I brought yeah. two to the party yeah. and Jenny brought four. But we've said multiple times we would have never created six. <laughs> 
know. Ever. Yeah. yeah, I have three, and I love my three, but that was enough for me. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, there are circles of the church that said, well, you know, children are a gift from the Lord, and, and if you want to be as thriving in your faith, you should have more kids. And no, thank you. I don't uh, yeah, want to be Yeah, I just, uh, there's something in there where perfectionism becomes either attached, assigned, some shape, form, or fashion. Yes, yes. Perfectionism is a symptom. Yeah. It's a symptom of something deeper. And it's usually when we are perfectionist, it's we have this need to be the best at something. Mm. We, we have fear of mistakes. Yeah. Fear of not measuring up, protecting our image. And, and really mm. what that is, it's, it's we're living a performance-driven life. Yeah, yeah. And oftentimes that will come from our home that yep. we were raised in that yep. we felt like we had to perform for our value yep. or for um, love, to earn Absolutely. love. Um, Absolutely. And it's not always from your home. It, it can be from other areas. Some people are born with kind of that more performance-driven personality. Yeah, I'm that person. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with it if, like you said, moderation, not three yeah. waffles but yeah. one, if we can yeah. keep it in check. But a lot of times we try to earn favor with God. Oh my gosh! So this this is absolutely my hobby horse right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the greatest moment that ever happened in my life, honestly, was when I realized there was nothing I could do to make God not love me. Yeah. I mean, that is. Yeah. That sounds so simple, but yeah, when right? you actually believe that yeah. and know that. Yeah. I mean, then it's there's nothing I can do to perform in such a way that God loves me more. Right. And there's nothing you can do to make him love you less yeah. as well. And when you start to realize that, that your security is in him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's him and his love. It's not yeah. our performance. Right. He, he doesn't look down at me and shake his head, thankfully. And yeah. think, man, you blew it today. Because I mean, sure don't we, like have no, right we have no hope. <laughs> no. I mean, if ever no. there's been a time to use the phrase appropriately is we have no prayer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and we can't earn his favor anymore and earn his love anymore because his no. love is already perfect. And, yeah. But we try, right? That's human yeah. nature. We try to earn our value, earn our love, earn yeah. our position yeah. with God and with other people. People do that in the church. Oh, yeah. So if, if I give enough or if I serve enough yeah. or if I help poor people enough or – and we attach mm-hmm. all this. And don't get me – doing all those things are good. Yeah, absolutely. Serving is good. Helping absolutely. people is good. But just know, mm-hmm. check the intention first. Yes. Because when the motivation's off, the heart's off. Absolutely. And are you, if you're trying to earn God's favor or earn the favor of other people, oh boy. you're, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's as a speaker, you know, one of the things that I really have to keep in check is let's say I'm speaking to a crowd and maybe it doesn't feel like it's going well. Yeah. And then do I over speak to a crowd thinking that I can change that. And my motivation may yeah. not be about communicating the right thing. Right. It may be, may be about what I'm trying to get feedback from. Yes. Wow, that is problematic. Absolutely. But that's yeah. self-awareness, that yeah. you having to recognize that. Yeah. But, that, but being performance-driven will lead you to that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it'll lead you to a lot of disappointment because we're going to fail. Yeah. We're going to make mistakes. And it's okay to want to be your best. Absolutely. But, but having this this attachment to the outcome that my success yeah. um, equals my value, equals oh. my worth, or somebody yeah. else's feedback is an indicator of my success. That's yeah. where it gets a little bit dangerous, dangerous. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would happen if we took an honest look at where yeah. our expectations come from and we actually reflected on what we want for ourselves yeah. and what God wants for ourselves? I see this in um, in a different light. I, I see perfectionist perfectionistic, I can't even say it, perfectionistic tendencies mm-hmm. in um, adolescence. Yes. 
because of their strong desire to conform. Yes. And and maybe their perspective of what they're trying to conform to mm-hmm. is literally out of their reach. Yes. They're trying to, they're comparing. Yeah. With, and, and there's n- never been a time in history where comparison is as huge as it is now with social Ever. media. Yeah. Every, when I was an adolescent, thankfully, we did not have social yeah, media. Same. But now you get to look at what everybody else is doing and you see only the best that yep. they show. And now I want to be as good at, I want to be, you know, as good at sports as that right. person. Or I want right. to be, you know, accepted to this college or whatever it is. Exactly. And I will tell you, in my practice, I see more kids with anxiety now than ever. I think that's absolutely true. I, I do in my own world. And I yeah. know speaking with our student team. It's absolutely rampant. Yeah. Talking with the school counselors in our community, mm-hmm. it's just overwhelming. Yeah. The level of anxiety. And usually it's about things like, I got to be yeah. on my report card. I, yeah. I didn't get straight A's. I didn't make the honor roll. Oh I didn't gosh. get selected for the gifted program. Yeah. I didn't make this sports team. It's things that I would consider to be very small details in life. Right. But there's a lot of anxiety attached to this. I, I couldn't be perfect. That's right. Yeah. I couldn't perform well enough. And I'm now not going to have the love and the acceptance of other people. Oh, my gosh. So I feel like uh, as a parent, I have been guilty of shooting on myself yeah. when it comes to how, like when our kids were in high school, they they were all but one of our kids were pretty athletic. Mm-hmm. Right. Um I had one girly girl that all six are daughters, by the way, but, that, wow. <laughs> but I had one super girly girl that was like, really, you'd throw a ball at her. She'd run. <laughs> right. Yes, that was Everybody weird. else was athletic, but it was, it's, it was so interesting to see even in that day, which has now been years ago, how much pressure yeah. is placed on a kid to do something as simple as make an eighth grade basketball team yes. that in the grand scheme of things, they won't remember in a year, much less Mm-mm. 20 years. No. Or I got invited to a prom the right way on social media with all of the hoopla. Yes. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It amazes me. What, you oh, know, yeah. back in my day, it was, you asked someone to prom and you went. Yeah. Now there's like, I mean, it's a proposal. It's bigger oh, my than my gosh. wedding proposal. Yeah. Was. You know, there's or I, I look at stuff like, uh, like, oh, here's, here's my pet peeve on this one. And that is reveal parties. Yes. Oh yeah. Like, like you know, gender reveal. Oh my gosh. Oh, gender yeah. reveal parties. Don't I, get me started on that. That's I just want to throw it in my mouth just thinking about it. You know, you do know that we probably have the unpopular opinion on this topic, I promise right? We're going to get true. a lot of hate on this, but I, I hate bring gender Bring it reveals. on. Yes. I, you know, if you're blowing up powder in your backyard <laughs> on the video camera to, to reveal to us all, you're going to gonna have a boy. Yeah. Just know, we don't care. We don't care. We don't no, care. We don't. Yeah, but okay, I'm going to get off that hobby <laughs> yeah, horse we now. We need to stop before yeah, yeah. we get all kinds of hate. <laughs> but what, what, what would it do? I mean, what would happen if we were to take an honest look? You know, I think that we would often be really surprised yeah. at kind of how much of our lives are impacted by outside sources and Absolutely. other people. Yeah. Because all these shoulds we place on ourselves didn't likely come from us. Yeah, they I, I came agree from somebody else's opinion, somebody else's uh, thought of what we should be or or teachings that we've mm-hmm. received. But but if we really took a good honest look, we'd see that we probably didn't come up with them ourselves. Or, or God. They're, yeah. they're not usually yeah. from God Absolutely. either. God never said, I need to do this, this, and this, and this to be a good Christian. That's right. Um, and my church might have said that. That's or right. another woman in the church might have said Absolutely. that. But God didn't say it. And so we, we need to start looking at the big picture. I'm a big picture person. I think we spend way too much time focusing on oh, details in life. I so agree. And when we get yeah. hung up on details, we're going to get disappointed. If we yep. can just expand our minds a little bit to look at the big picture, what do I want to be in life? 
Yeah. I want to be an emotionally healthy person. Yep. I want to be a productive adult, contribute to society. I want to be a good human. I want to have good character. I want to represent God well. Right. You know, these are big picture things that I want. So does it have to happen a specific way? Does it have to look a certain way? No. As long as that big picture is accomplished. Yeah. And, you know, when having the opportunity to see big picture seems to me like that's where I solve most of my decisions that lead to unmet expectations. Meaning if I can see a little bigger picture than getting in the weeds on everything, Mm -hmm. then I'm probably addressing what my real value system is. Yes. And if I've got some, if I've got some pretty firm values that I don't surrender, Mm -hmm. then honestly, most of the decisions are made about this. Yeah. And I can keep my expectations and my shooting in check because I, okay, how does that fit into my true value system of the human that I want to be? And where did your values come from? There you go. Because whatever influenced us is how we influence. Yes. This is one of the most fascinating things to me. If I'm influenced most by culture, then I'm going to use culture to influence. Mm-hmm. If I am most influenced by a, like a, a heaven-sent value, then I'm going to make decisions and influence by healthy decisions. Yes. It's, oh, it's kind of like great. when people say to me, well, you know, I, but Chuck, that's just not the way I am. Yeah. And my answer is, but based on that statement, you don't really know right. who you are. Yes. Because yes. the assumption is you couldn't be. Right. Right? Right. And that's key. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's great. I love that. That makes so much sense to me. And I think that's, if, if we could all walk away with that sense of self-awareness, yeah. we'd be in such a better yeah. place. But I mean, the, the, the sources, these outside sources, mm-hmm. it, it, my experience, I bet in, I bet in your practice, this is absolutely true. Those sources where we feel like, okay, my, my expectation is unmet. I'm unfulfilled. I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. What's the natural response to us? Then, I mean, what do we? How do we typically respond to this? Yeah, and that's that's what we're talking about here. That's key. How do we respond? Because yeah. we're going to have unmet expectations, Absolutely. and we're going to have false expectations. Yep. But how we respond is everything. So yep. there's lots of different ways the human brain responds. We can respond with shame and guilt, which is the typical one most people, right. you right. know. I'm a failure. I can't get anything right. I wasn't worth it. This is a big one that's a pet peeve of mine. I'm being punished for my sins. Oh, wow. When I hear people yeah. say that to me that, you know, oh, my life took this turn <laughs> or, I, you know, this didn't happen to me. God must hate me or I'm being punished for my sins. I wish I could tell you how many times I've had to say to somebody, you realize that's not how God works. Yeah. 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 It's so it's so fascinating. To me. Yeah. If, if, if all of the bad or disappointing things in life were attached to our bad deeds. I mean, it'd be yeah. nothing but bad. I mean, yeah, it's you know, so true we're, we're because this negativity bias really plays a factor yeah. in expectation yeah. and what we think we should yeah. be. Yeah. And that's just a form. I mean, you're shaming yourself when, yeah. when you think that way. It is a form of shame, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. self-shaming. Mm. And then we tend to shame other people as well for making us feel that way. Oh my gosh. Okay. That, that is so true. Like when shame we get to a point place. where we feel shamed, mm-hmm. We do want to displace that onto something else. Absolutely. It makes us feel better about yeah. ourselves. And oftentimes it's going to be our kids that are. Ouch. The, that's so true. Yeah. Ugh. That's kind of gross to I think know, about. Right? It is. Yeah. It is. But it's human nature. The key is let's be aware of it. Yeah. And yeah, let's yeah, yeah. not only not shame ourselves, but not shame our kids as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another, you know, way that the the brain responds to these you know, false expectations or the unmet expectations is you can become really frustrated and jaded. Yep. 
yep. and I see this a lot too. It's the whole life stinks. People oh are my bad. Gosh. The yeah. world isn't fair. Yep. Um, which it isn't, by the way. The world right. is not yeah. fair. You yeah. know, that's one of those things that we just have to come to accept. And my kids tell me all the time, but mom, that's not fair. Yeah. No and kidding. I tell them all the time, fair is where you get funnel cake. It is, has <laughs> nothing to do with life. Not, life will never be fair. Let's just keep fair what okay. it is. Okay. That is so awesome. Oh, my kids I've will tell you they hear that all that. the time. Fair is where it. you get funnel cake. But that's that's absolutely true. By the way, if ever there's been a case for what you just talked about, the world's not fair, people Mm -hmm. are bad, life stinks, people get jaded. Mm -hmm. I see it happen in many ways when we overconsume what we believe to be news. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. I know, I know people like my age. So I'm like, I'm, I'm almost mid sixties, which is kind of just weird to admit, but I know people my age who spend their entire waking moments watching Fox news. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so they just assume everything that said is absolutely true. Yeah. Based on that, the world will end by 7 PM tonight. Oh yeah. Unless Laura Ingram's on and then <laughs> it may last till eight. Yeah. It's, it's, Bad news overload. I used to be a news yeah. junkie. I, I'm I'm in my mid-40s. I used to be a news junkie. I thrived yeah, I on too. it. I watched it all the time. And, and part of it is because I love to keep up with current Same. events. I'm very politically yeah. active, things like that. But I had to detox. I had Same. to stop because I, the bad news overload was just bringing me down. It will suck you down. It will. Yeah. And yeah. it will make you start to expect Things from yourself, things from the yeah. world, things from yeah. other people, it'll cause a lot of disappointment and you get very jaded. Uh, but there's some truths that we need to attach to this to kind of work our way out of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I know that one of the things that me, you, and Julie would all agree in is one of the healthiest cures for this is a healthy dose of compassion for others. Yes, yes, and self compassion. Big Both, they time. go hand in hand. Absolutely do. I'm pretty sure I help others best when I have first bolstered myself. Yes, absolutely. I don't know why as Christians, oftentimes we attach that as sinful negligence that I'm being selfish. And I would say your creator gave you the opportunity to be the guardian of your soul. Absolutely. You protect that and you'll be able to protect others. Yeah. Self-care is not selfish and it's not unbiblical. No. We saw Christ do it. Absolutely. And he was modeling for us an example. Yeah. And let's face it, this life doesn't come with guarantees. No, it does not. And that part of that compassion is recognizing that, right? When we, when life doesn't turn out the way we want it to, or we don't get what we hope for, or we may not, you know, our life may not look like our neighbor's life. um, That compassion says, you know, life is uncertain. It doesn't come with guarantees. My worth is not determined by my situation. Oh, my gosh, yeah. My value is not determined right. by the outcome of this situation. I'm learning things about myself. I'm learning about life. I'm growing. These are all ways to yeah. help cope with the disappointment of unmet expectations. I, I probably said this too much to our younger two. Like, we had two different stages of kids when we got married. So we had four girls that were kind of high school and up, which means I had four in college at one time. Wow. I had four teenage drivers at one time. Ooh, I mean, man. it's... You are a brave. I man. have gray hair because of this. <laughs> Our younger two were several years behind yeah. them. Yeah. And I, I probably wore this statement out saying this to them and trying to say, you know, sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. and what we choose to do with that has everything to do with how we see life and your next topic, acceptance. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think acceptance is, if I could shout this word from the rooftops, I would. I think this is what I deal with most in my counseling practice. We work on, me and my clients, 
acceptance yeah. of yeah. all different things in life. If we can learn to come to a place of acceptance, there's a whole branch of therapy called acceptance and commitment really? therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually love it. It's one that works really well with um, autistic clients, and I work with a lot oh, of wow. autism clients. It's a it's a really great concept and theoretical yeah. That's background. so interesting. Of, yeah, acceptance. If we can get our brain to the point of acceptance, yeah. we become much more emotionally stable, emotionally healthy. Yeah. Our faith doesn't get derailed. Our emotional stability doesn't get derailed. And, and you know, what is acceptance? look like it's basically just looking at reality for what it is and being okay there right um it's saying things to yourself like it's okay i'll just try again yeah it's okay that i didn't hit the mark this time i've got more chances right um it's just a setback it's not a defeat i'm not down forever it's a setback it's a chapter it's not my entire story it's also a spiritual truth yeah absolutely i mean one of the things about god is that God, one of God's great purposes in our humanity is redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I don't have any failure, I don't have anything to be redeemed from. Yeah. And how do you see the redemptive quality in God? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, okay, if I have a crappy week, I mean, it just stinks, right? Yeah. Do I believe that God can redeem those moments by using them? Mm. And knowing he's preparing something that he's going to do with that. And when I can see it through that lens, I mean, Mandy, one of the things that happens is all of a sudden I've been able to adjust my acceptance rate. It's like, it's not Pollyanna. It's like, okay, God, I I can either trust you with this, even though I can't imagine it right now in the thick of it, but I can trust you with this. Therefore, I can accept it and I can move on to my next thing. And I can be okay. Yeah. It's yeah. not the sunshine and rainbows and unicorns no. concepts. I no. am all about reality. I don't believe in this 100%. false, you know, oh, everything's going to be wonderful. And, and you yeah, know, that's just that's crazy. That's not talk. what I'm saying. But it's not sunshine and rainbows. It's acceptance of I'm going to be okay. Hugely. Like, God, I trust God. Yeah. He is a redeemer. And I'm going to be okay, maybe better yeah. for yeah. it. But but it's that being able to accept the reality, see it oh. for what it is, is huge. If we can get our brains to do that, we will most often be okay in life, yeah. in adverse situations. I agree with that. But that doesn't mean we lower the bar and shoot at nothing, right? Absolutely not. And I'm so glad you brought that up because oftentimes when I talk about this, people will say, well, then you just don't have any expectations for yourself and, and you just shoot shoot for nothing. And that's you know, just you not lower true. The bar. That is absolutely not true. We should set goals for ourselves. Yeah. We should have ambition. We should, you know, aim high. I am not for a moment saying that we should accept mediocrity. Right. That is not what we were created for. And that's not what I'm saying. But, um, and I'm not saying that it's not important to work hard and strive for your best. Um, Absolutely. God wants that for us. And I think it's biblical to do that. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. You know, but what I am saying is it's not about lowering our standards. It's about accepting the fact that life's outcomes are not always within our control. Yeah. Right. There's no guarantee. So our happiness, our satisfaction, our value can't be attached to a non-guaranteed outcome. Oh, say that again. That's great. Yeah. Our happiness, our satisfaction in life cannot be attached to a non-guaranteed outcome. That is tweetable right there. Because if it is, right, we're going to be tossed to and fro and we're going to be at the mercy of our situations. Absolutely. So for some of our listeners, that's probably an aha. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. And, And for some of us, we've heard it a million times, but maybe we're just accepting it. Yeah. And if that's the case, 
what do we do with that discovery or that realization? Yeah, and there's, so it's another one of my favorite A words, right? I talk about accepting a lot in my counseling practice. The next one is adapting. Oh, Because love you it. can't just accept. You then have to be able to adapt. Yeah. And that goes back to the flexibility of thought that we talked about last week. Yep. Having flexibility of thought, the ability to adapt to a new situation, to a new reality, to something yeah. you weren't planning on. If you can accept and adapt, you will be in a good place emotionally for the I most part. Um, and, and so, you know, they go hand in hand. It's all about healing and moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the concept of healing and moving forward allows us to, to clearly define values. Mm -hmm. um, it allows us to have kind of a realistic perspective on self-expectation. This, that was my story. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I don't know that I truly became a contented human until I, I saw that clearly. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We, we see athletes and we hear preacher types throw out their Paul's words. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and that's all we do. You don't put it any at all no in context. context. Yep. Yet just before that, Paul gives the defining statement as to why he could say, I can do all things. Yeah. He said, I've learned to be content with little or with much. Yes, yes, that's the key. Right? That's so the without key. contentment, I probably can't do anything. Right. Yeah, when we take that out of context and we attach it to, oh, you can be whatever you want to be. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. no. Somebody without an I engineering be an is not going to be an astronaut. Exactly. But I'm, but I, yeah. I, you know, no. I'm never going to be an NBA basketball player. I'm there just, you go. I'm never. There you go. And you know what? You walked in today and I thought, dang. She'd be a great NBA basketball player. <laughs> right? I'm short and, yeah, have no athleticism at all. But, yeah, th there's, it doesn't mean we can do anything we want to do. So false expectations are not our friend. Yeah. But being able to accept reality and adapt, and we all do have strengths. Yep. That's the reality. Yep. We all have yep. something we're good at. We all have strengths. And so defining your values, you said that, that's the key. Being able to identify your real self expectations yeah, yeah. and and where did those values originate from? Are they my parents' values for me or are right. they my values or God's values? That's right. Yeah. It gets to go back to what you said last week. Think about the big picture. Yeah. yeah. See it for what it is. Yes. It's uh, always about the big picture. How always. can I get to where I want to go? How I get there may not matter as much. The yeah. details may not matter. It's about how do, if I want to be a good human with good character, yep. how can I do that? Yeah, so good. And and one of those ways, I, I learned this from you last week, but it's worth coming back around to it, especially in light of, of kind of the should that we place in ourselves. Yeah. This concept of practicing acceptance, and I love the word practicing. Yeah. Like this is not something I do one time and I got it figured no, out. No, no, you'll probably never really get no, it. No, this side of heaven, I'm never going to figure that no. out. But I can learn how to let go of control. Yes. And they go hand in hand. Yeah, Practice you do. Practice acceptance yeah. and let go of control. Oh, my gosh. Control is the thing that just eats us alive. Control 100%. is the cancer. Yep. That need for control will derail us every time. It's human nature. We, you know, we said this last week. We all want to have things go the way we plan. We all want a predictable yep. pattern, knowing what the future holds. That's normal. Um, and wouldn't it be great if life turned out the way oh, we planned it every yeah. time? I mean, that would be wonderful. Um, it's uncomfortable to walk in the unknown yeah. or to take the Are you one of those bed. people, Mandy, that is, uh, are, are you like risk avoidant or are you like a risk taker? I'm a risk taker. Okay, so I am too. Like I, for me, like I'm, you're not really racing unless you're sliding into the corner a little bit. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I work, the, the, the guy that I work most closely with, his name is Bobby. He's just super, like super great guy. 
we are so opposite. He's like, he's a risk avoidant human. Very conservative, very safe. Yeah. Okay. And thank God for him, you yeah. know, because yeah. I'm the kind of leader he that will, I mean, I would march the organization <laughs> off the map where the dragons live yes. and love it. Yes. Right. Yeah. But, but when we, when we think that you can live on either extreme, we're in trouble. Yes, absolutely. And that's the key. It's not extreme. It's moderation. Yeah. And, and usually your spouse or somebody in your life will balance you out that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm a risk taker. I'm not afraid of failure. Right. And, and that can be great, but that yeah. can also be dangerous. Yeah. But, but we shouldn't be af afraid of disappointment because it's natural, right? Exactly. Disappointment is just a feeling. It's oh, wow. Yeah. It's just a feeling. Yeah. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's That's an right. emotion and we control it. It does not control yeah. us. Julie says that um, those feelings, all they're doing, they're like sensors that are saying to you, hey, your brain is telling you this. Yeah. You, but you don't have to believe everything that brain says. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And and our feelings are fickle, right? That's one of my favorite things in counseling. Feelings are fickle. Yeah. They will come and go like the wind. They're oh. not always based in reality. If you've ever watched a horror movie, you've probably gotten really scared. Yeah. But nothing, you're not in danger. It's why I don't it's, watch them. Yeah, I don't either. I did when I was a kid. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you would get terrified. Yeah. And But they're acting on screen, right? You're not yeah, in yeah, any yeah. danger. That's There's right. no real reason to be fearful. Yeah, absolutely. That fear is and not yet, a real feeling. Yeah. I mean, it's a feeling, but it's not based in reality. It's absolutely not. So, you know, I, I really do, I do think this is a, this is a big deal. Um, disappointments can actually be for your benefit. Yes. Oh, amen. Right? Yeah. A lot of times they are. Yeah. For most one, of mine have been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. It's an indicator that, you know, something went wrong or something went south or something isn't the way we want it to be. So it's yeah. an information. It's an information yeah, absolutely. for us. Yeah. And it can also cause growth in us. We're going to learn from it. It's going to teach us what we really want in life. It's going to teach us what we want yeah. to avoid in the future. Yeah. So last week you, you used the term flexibility of thought. Mm -hmm. So um, ever since that recording, I've thought to myself, okay, we probably ought to define that a little more. Yeah. Yeah. So, so help us understand so that. So flexibility of thought is, is basically, it's what it sounds like. It's being flexible. It's not being rigid, avoiding the rigid, the black or white thinking that something yeah. is either good or bad. To avoid duality. Yes. Yeah. Something has to be this way or not at all. Yeah. If it's this way, it's good. If it's this way, it's I would bad. say this to all Republicans and all Democrats. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> right. Yes. So it, everything is not wickedly bad or, or wonderfully yes, good. Yes, it's not all or nothing. We yeah. live in gray. We <laughs> live in gray areas. And so it's not always bad or good. Sometimes it's just different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's okay. There's more than one way to achieve our goals, our desired so outcomes, Absolutely. our happiness. And that's what flexibility of thought is. It's encompassing this idea that there's more than one way. There's differences and they're okay. Yeah, yeah. So how do we... Um, this is this is a maybe this is deeper than we can cover today. This may be a whole nother podcast we do, Mandy. But I'm all for it. How do we how do we detach from that? Yes, yeah, because it feels to me like I know a lot of people in in my community that they feel so stuck. They feel like they can't detach from that disappointment. Yes, and detachment is the key. It's huge. And a detachment sounds like such a bad word. Nobody likes to detach because right. they think it means you're taking your emotions away. Mm -hmm. And that's not what it means. You're not taking them away. What you're doing is you're unattaching your emotions to an outcome. Yeah. So you want to yeah. detach your happiness, your satisfaction, your value to a certain outcome that is not a guarantee. That's so good. Um, especially outcomes that are not guarantees, which most of them are. Right. So you're not becoming emotionless. 
You're you're letting yourself yeah. feel your emotions. Yeah. You're just not attaching your emotions to the outcome. Yeah, detachment is not growing cold. No. If actually, it's actually it in a weird kind of way, true healthy detachment attaches you to that which is healthier. Yes, yes. It's making two things independent yeah. instead of dependent on yeah. each other. Sounds a lot like a healthy marriage. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Two autonomous individuals yeah. coexisting together, but my happiness is not wrapped up in him. And that's his right. Happiness is not. Yeah, wrapped that's right. Up in mine. I am. I am the best husband for Jenny yeah. when I am emotionally healthy as me. Yes, absolutely. Not when I'm becoming what she thinks I should be, yeah. but when I'm just, when, when I'm healthy as me. Yes, yeah. yeah. When you are Same being thing with this. Yeah. I can attach, yeah. I can detach from those things which attach happiness and satisfaction to a certain outcome that I cannot control, yeah. but I can attach my joy, my happiness, my peace, et cetera, yes. into being contented with where I am, with what I have, yes. which then, according to Paul says, then you can accomplish all things through Christ who strengthens you. Absolutely. And you realize where your value and your significance actually come Ooh, from. That's so good. And and you, what you do is neutralize things, right? Like our yeah. job. We don't want to place our happiness in our job. Your job is just a place to use your talent. Yep. It's not your identity. It's not yep. the measure of your worth. That's so our true. relationship, it's a place to express love, but it's not our identity. Right. It's not the measure of our worth. So right. it's about really staying independent of those those things, keeping yeah. our feelings and emotions independent from those things yeah. and those outcomes that are not a guarantee. And, you know, one thing that may be helpful for listeners, especially if you have these perfectionistic tendencies, is um, when, when you can break free from believing that my contentment is based on an outcome, then you can truly be your true self in that moment because you're not living your past. Yes. Yes. And and for me, this was an aha Absolutely. in my adult life. Yeah. If 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 I realize that my failures, and I've Lord knows I've had plenty of them, sure. my failures have been some of the best ways that I've learned to actually help other people. Yes. And now I can embrace the failure rather than attaching dissatisfaction or attaching shame to them. I can attach growth to them. Yes. And that causes you to live a more fearless life. Oh, my goodness. Yes. You're not afraid of everything. Absolutely. You're not afraid of failure. Yeah. And you're not afraid with who you really are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's big. Go that's, be, go do that. Big one, yeah. Let's do the next There's one on that. There's a whole other podcast yeah, in there. Let's do yeah, the let's next one on that. that topic. So we're going to wrap up for today. And let me just say on behalf of Mandy and Julie and even Parker, who's over there running the camera and the audio for us. And, you know, he's just a sweet fellow. He really is. So y'all may want to send a note to me at Chuck at PositiveTalkPodcast.com saying, who is this Parker? <laughs> send me a picture of him and I'll send you a picture of Parker. He's a cute little fella. And, um, but thank you so much for joining us on this episode on expectations and shooting. Be sure to join us next week. Julie will be back and we'll uh, tackle another topic. Mandy, 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 Mandy <laughs> soon and very soon, we need to be back in the studio. Absolutely. I've enjoyed this so I, much. I always love being here with, whether it's you or Julie, this is a great time. And I love just the, the, the sharing back and forth. Let's definitely. Yeah, same. You you have been so helpful today. It's been a great topic. Thank you. And make sure that you guys go out there and have fun today. And thanks again. Remember, you can always find all of seasons one through four and now season five on our website, which is positivetalkpodcast.com. And feel feel free to jump on board with our social sites on FB and Instra at Positive Talk Podcast. That's at Positive Talk Podcast. So we'll see you next week. Make sure you go in peace. 
Thanks again for joining Julie and Chuck on this week's Positive Talk podcast. Please share this episode with friends, family, and social media. You can find our previous seasons and episodes on our website at positivetalkpodcast.com. And join us on social media for more content at Positive Talk Podcast. Thanks again, and go in peace.